You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit identifies practical ways for us to know who the real enemy is in our marriages. We started our series with our topic called Imperfect, meaning we are all imperfect and married to imperfect partners. And then we talked about why is it important to make room for God in our marriages and in our lives. And last week, we talked about the importance of listening to our spouses. The Bible says we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Today, we are going to talk about an enemy that we all have as husbands and wives. But again, I'm not limiting this preaching to just marriage, but to every relationship in general. Well, we all know that conflict is inevitable in any relationship, right? Remember, when you got married, you, are, you actually got into a battlefield. But you are up against an enemy, <laughs> much greater than your spouse. You know, Satan fears marriages. Why? Because your marriage can be an instrument to honor God in the eyes of the people who know you. If he can destroy a healthy marriage, the collateral damage extends just beyond you as a husband and wife to your children and to the greater community. It will have a far more reaching impact. So if marriage is a battlefield and the first rule of warfare is to know your enemy, the first question we should ask ourselves individually and as couples, is who is our enemy? And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 clarifies this for us. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is important that we understand this verse. Why? Because knowing what it truly means will completely change the way we deal with our marriages, we deal with our relationships, we deal with our families, especially in the matter of handling conflict. You know, they say marriage is caring and loving enough. Marriage is caring enough to fight for your spouse and loving enough never to give up on them, right? If anything in your life is worth fighting for, that is the person you said yes to years ago. Fight for your marriage, not in your marriage. Fight for your wife or your husband, not fight with your spouse. The Bible says we do not wrestle against human beings. We do not wrestle against people. It may always seem like that from our point of view, but it's not. If you are up against fighting with people, you are fighting the wrong battle. You know, these people are just victims. They have allowed themselves to be tricked by spiritual forces they know nothing about. Yes, they are to blame for their choices, and they have to be accountable for the things that they do. But the Bible is very clear that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
it's not against them. Your fight is not against your spouse, your friend, your co-worker, your son, your daughter, your family, your relative. No. Most of the time, we get personal. When someone hurt us so deeply, we would say, that person is the source of all my problems. Right? And we mark them with a big X. I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore in my entire life. But remember, regardless of what the person has done in your life, the battle, the fight, is not against that person. That is why it's important for us to understand what this verse is. The battle is against the rulers and authorities. It's against the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The battle is far beyond what we can see and what we can feel. Satan is our real enemy. And he deliberately deceives us, manipulates people so that he can destroy marriages, he can destroy friendships, relationships, families, and relationships that are honoring God. What is Satan trying to do in your life? He wants to frustrate God's plans for you. Satan wants to get you off the track in doing the will of God. The challenge for us who have put our faith in Jesus more than ever is this. He said, in this world, there will be many trials of different kinds. But regardless of how difficult they may be, he said that we don't have to worry because he has overcome the world. It's easy to say this to someone who's going through something difficult. But if you're the person experiencing the pain, the heartache, the brokenness, if you're in the middle of your solitude and helplessness, it is sometimes hard to even make sense of God's promises in your life. It has always been a very tough season personally for our family. You know, for, for weeks, we've been hit, we've been betrayed, run over, hit again, not only by strangers, but people we have loved and cared for. It has taken a tremendous toll on us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. There were moments where we felt like a dying candle. You feel weak, you're extremely sad and lonely. You know how it feels when it's like everything's just getting dark? Sometimes you would wonder why God would allow you to experience pain after pain. Why would He allow tragedy after tragedy? Why would He allow sickness after sickness, failure after failure, heartache after heartache? Paul pleaded with God three times to take away the thorn in his flesh. But this is what God said. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in that weakness. I testify to everyone in this room today. The reason why I'm standing here right now, at this very moment, is because of this grace that God provides for us in the most trying and difficult times of our lives.
in every blow that came in our life, you know what was the hardest challenge? The hardest challenge was how to continue loving people. People who have betrayed you. People who have hurt you. People who have insulted you. People who have brought so much pain into your life. How can you continue to love them? How can you love people who have done you wrong? The Bible says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. How can you do that? How do you love the people who have done you wrong? Our default is to seek an eye for an eye. Our default is to find reasons to justify our revenge, to get even, to put justice into our own hands. The Bible says the Lord will fight for you. You just have to be still and silent. God says vengeance is mine. It's not ours, it's His. We struggle because in many ways we want to do it our way rather than allow God to fight the battle for us. We cannot win this fight alone, not, not without God. The first rule of warfare, know your enemy. And I hope that it is clear to all of us now who our enemy is. Our hand-to-hand -hand combat is not between our spouse and us, or it's not about your friend who betrayed you, your relative who borrowed money and ne never paid you back, or your co-worker. Or... It's not with human beings. The devil is our enemy, and our battle is spiritual in nature. Now, how do you know if you are under spiritual attack? Most of us would just shrug it off and say, it's just bad life. I mean, people are just evil. How do you know that you are under spiritual attack? Satan wouldn't come up to you and say, I have come to destroy everything that's good in your life, your marriage, your wife, your children, your work, your career, and then I'll leave you alone and you'll go to hell. He doesn't approach you that way. He comes to us like a serpent when he came to Eve in the garden with a simple question. This is what he does. He makes us doubt the goodness of God in our lives. This is the first tool. This is the first weapon in the arsenal of the enemy. If what you are experiencing right now, I don't know what it is, makes you doubt the presence the faithfulness and the goodness of God in your life. That is not from God. Know your enemy. He would tell you, if God really loves you, why would he allow you to go through all of this? Why would he allow this series of unfortunate events to fall into your lap? He would make you the very question of the truth of God's word. Did God really say that you have to treat everyone with love and kindness? Isn't there any exception because this person is really evil? That's what he would tell you. The enemy would tell you, did God say you always have to forgive? Know your enemy. He is the father of falsehood. And he comes to, 
to deceive us with his lies. You know, he would whisper to you and say, you know, you have been mistreated so badly. You have all the right to be angry and to be hurt. Go ahead. Feel it. Express it. He is a deceiver. He whispers to us, go ahead. You have the right to say what you're thinking. And then after that, he laughs because we've just destroyed the marriage or a friendship. We've even destroyed our future. He would encourage us to nurse a grudge in our heart, bitter resentment that will make us be defiled and lead to outbreaks of anger. That's what the enemy does. He's the Decepticon. He's the father of deceivers. He would suggest that you would remain angry and unforgiving because you were the ones hurt and offended in the first place. He would feed you with lie after lie so that the truth of God's Word will be erased completely in your heart and will be replaced with His own lies and false theology. Know your battle. You know what the enemy does? He divides and conquers. The objective of the enemy is to divide people. If you are going through something that is meant to divide you and someone, that is not from God. The strategy is to create dissension, which means disagreement that creates division and separation. Once the marriage is divided, the family is divided, the friendship has been severed, the relationship is broken, it's easier for the enemy to attack. The Bible says the acts of the flesh are hatred, disagreements, jealousy, rage, rivalries, divisions, factions, and envy. All of these does not come from the truth of God's Word. Know your enemy. If all of the weapons in the arsenal of the enemy fail to work, if he fails to make you doubt God's faithfulness and make you lose your faith in him because you have given your life to Jesus, if he fails to deceive you with lies because you destroy every argument and pretension and submit it in obedience to Jesus Christ, if the enemy fails to break your marriage, your family, or your relationship, he will still not give up on you. The spiritual battles in our lives may be unseen, but they're real. And you cannot live on the strength of yesterday because the enemy will come back to you again and again and again like a lion waiting for that chance to devour you. You know, the betrayal and the deception that we experience never made us doubt, even for a single moment, the purpose why God allowed those things to happen in spite of how emotionally painful they were for us. We never subscribe to the lie of the enemy that we had to take vengeance into our own hands, even if you know we have been done wrong. And we remain still and allow God to fight 
for us. And by the grace of God, we have come out closer and more united as a family. Many well-meaning people assume that once they come to Christ, the temptations will end. No, it's not. Temptations increase once you become a follower of Christ. Why should the devil attack one of his own? You know, the enemy is relentless. He may have failed in the three weapons that he used against us, but he succeeded on the fourth. The enemy tried to make us doubt God. He tried to deceive us. He tried to divide our family. He never succeeded. But he succeeded on the last arsenal, the last tool in his arsenal. You know what that is? Discouragement. He can trap us with anger, but the Word of God says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. He can trap us with hatred and unforgiveness, but God reminds us to love and to forgive. He can trap us with thoughts and memories of bitter people in our lives, but the Word of God reminds us never to keep a record of wrongs. We as a family suffered tremendously from this. But I personally have had very, very dark days the past few weeks. I asked Alex to preach today because I was sick the whole week. Last Wednesday, I was getting worse. I have strong faith in God, but I was so discouraged. I was so discouraged. That tool is very powerful. He can use it against Christians who love Jesus. You know, even if you know that God loves you, sometimes you wake up with no sunshine. Even if you know that He's fighting the battle for you, you still feel so alone sometimes. That's discouragement. And that's what the enemy is good at. You know, the reason why he wants to discourage us is because he wants us to quit. He wants us to stop believing that God loves us. He wants us not to believe that Jesus Christ died for us. He wants us to give up. I could not sleep that night. I just felt very heavy. I looked at my watch. It was about 1 a.m. Then I dozed off. I fell asleep. I had a dream I want to share with you today. There was a man standing at the entrance of a very beautiful house, holding a box. He knows that everything in that box was meant for that house. But God said, wait a minute. I have to see what's in the box first. As each box was opened and the content of that box revealed, the house morphed into different layouts. It was magical. It was like a Rubik's Cube of some kind that transforms as each box was opened. Rooms were added and the contents of each box were carefully placed in special 
pedestals, cabinets, shelves in that room. After almost three hours of mesmerizing visual transformation of this beautiful home, I woke up Thursday morning, 3.48 a.m., with a terrible pain on my forehead. There was just so many things going on in my mind, and the only thing that I wanted that time was to have some sort of decent sleep. I closed my eyes and I said, Jesus, help me, I want to sleep. That was all my prayer. And I heard a very soothing and calming voice, and he said, come to me, I will give you rest. Over and over and over again, until I fell asleep. 6.45 in the morning, my headache was gone. I felt a lot better. I woke up with this glimpse of a beautiful morning sky and a simple, sweet voice telling me, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Jesus is preparing a magnificent place for us. That was that house. But He wants us to surrender first our hearts. We have to allow Him to reveal the motives and the intentions of our hearts. That is the box. I just want to encourage you. I don't know what season in life you're going through. You, I might look like a strong man of faith, but I go through this as well. We all go through this. I just want to encourage you that God is not deaf in your cries, nor He is blind to your pain and suffering. Our spiritual battle is very real. But who we face is a defeated foe. Remember that. Who we face is a defeated foe. Who is oppressing you is a defeated foe. Christ has already won the victory on the cross by His blood. He died, He has risen, and forever He has put an end to death and sin. If you are a believer of Christ, you are in Him and He is in you. The Bible says, Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Bringing all of this to your life. All the pieces of armor that we need to fight the battle are found in the relationship with Jesus. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the Word of God. I just want to challenge you today. Name your battlefield. Name that difficult person in your life. Name your trial. Name your temptation. Name your struggle. The people who make you snap. Put on the full armor of God. Then enter the battle not in your strength, but in the strength that God provides. Then see for yourself what the Lord will do. Like He has done in my life, in my family's life, in this most trying season of our life. So I encourage you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Let's all stand. You know, it's okay to cry because God will say, 
Don't worry, I'll wipe your tears away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you search and you know our hearts. There are areas of our lives that we are struggling with right now. Areas of our lives that we feel like we're failing at or have failed. Sometimes I feel discouraged. Even if I know that you love me, sometimes I still feel so alone. Lord, please help me. Keep me away from the people and the things that distract me away from you. Lord, we thank you that as we come to you for rest, that you will restore and renew our strength, our spirit. We don't have to face our battles alone. We can be strong in you and in the power of your might. Today we stand not in our strength, but in the strength that you provide. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, church. You have a wonderful weekend. And God bless you. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.